0: Actually, the key causes of the coffee's carbon emissions are actually maybe not where many people would think that they are.
1: Well, I think all of us in the industry are aware that there's a lot of waste that happens all throughout our operations.
2: I think with the backdrop of everything that's happening in the world. Climate change has never been more of a concern and more visible to consumers.
3: Obviously, you know, I want to be able to transition the business to carbon positive and be able to, to do a lot of environmental initiatives that would be positive, but a lot of those things come at a huge cost.
4: Welcome back to the Fifth Wave podcast. I'm Jeffrey Young, editor-in-chief of coffee business magazine Fifth Wave. This is the second episode in our mini-series on environmental sustainability across the coffee industry. In today's episode, we focus on how to reduce our carbon footprint within the cafe context. You might be surprised to know that the carbon footprint of a milky cafe latte is around 250 grams, and most of that carbon is actually generated inside the cafe at the final point of consumption. But where exactly in the cafe is carbon being generated? And what can coffee shop owners do to reduce it? We'll be hearing from Zaid Naquib, CEO of Bar9, Lizzie Gurr, Chief Operating Officer for Hasbeen and Ozone, UK and New Zealand, Pamela Chung, founder of Singapore-based Better Group. And we start this episode by speaking with Tim Ridley, founder of United Baristas, a platform that consults and connects resources within the retail coffee sector. Delighted to be here today on Fifth Wave with Tim Ridley, who's the founder of United Baristas. Welcome Tim.
0: Hi Jeff, it's great to be here.
4: I wonder if you could give us a bit of background about the carbon impact at cafe level.
0: I really got interested in looking at what the carbon footprint of a cup of coffee was several years ago, because it had been something that had been really in the back of my thinking when I was running the coffee businesses. And it really occurred to me that no one had, was really taking a bit of a look at this. So I went and read all of the scientific papers that I could find just to even try and work out the basics of what was the carbon footprint of a cup of coffee and where were the significant emissions from crop to cup. And I think it opened the door in a really interesting situation, which is that actually the key causes of the coffee's carbon emissions are actually maybe not where many people would think that they are. So There's some really good studies out there and they're actually starting now to coalesce that if you think about just the espresso component of a cup of coffee, the vast majority of the carbon emissions are not from the cup that it's drunk in or not from the coffee growing itself or not even from the roasting, but are actually from the coffee making process itself, the energy for that espresso machine to turn the coffee into espresso and also for the transport, but that's transport primarily from the coffee roastery to the coffee shop. And... The reason for this is that these processes are just really energy intensive. And so that's why these are the greatest components of a cup of coffee's carbon footprint. And so I guess what caught me by surprise, and I think it's caught many people by surprise, is that because these things are largely out of sight, there's no material waste around, say, for example, like you don't you don't see the energy used by an espresso machine in terms of like the cups piled up in the bin at the end of the day, or you don't see, you know, the amount of milk cartons or whatever it is. You tend not to think about these as particularly key causes of waste.
4: You're saying that the espresso machine is one of the big causes of carbon, and then the transport to the coffee roaster. What are the other elements that create a carbon impact within a cafe?
0: Yeah. So this is a really interesting. So if you take the narrow level of analysis, that cup of coffee. That cup of coffee is still a key cause on a um, number of fronts. And the main reason is we just need to put the context of how much energy an espresso machine uses in the broader context of a cafe. So actually espresso machines use, like an average espresso machine is using, say, around about three or four times the amount of energy that an average UK household uses in a year to make coffee. And is actually multiple, uses multiple more times than, say, other energy intensive appliances in a coffee shop, such as, say, a dishwasher. So in many hospitality businesses, the dishwasher might be the most inefficient appliance. In a coffee shop, it's the espresso machine. So the other key causes, so around the the cafe's carbon footprint, is really those other energy intensive appliances such as air conditioning and the dishwasher, as well as, of course, the espresso machine. For many coffee shop owners, actually looking at ways that they can reduce their carbon footprint is intrinsically tied with ways that they can actually reduce their energy bill, so actually they can drive down their costs and also reduce their carbon emissions at the same time, which is just one of the reasons why it's such a worthwhile endeavour.
4: What have you seen on, you know, what is the carbon footprint of various milk options? Is, you know, non-dairy really as good for the planet as many say it
0: is? said before that within an espresso, the espresso machine is the key cause of the carbon emissions. But within a cup of coffee, say a flat white, actually the milk... Is responsible for around about two thirds or three quarters of that coffee's entire carbon footprint from crop to cup. So it's that, you know, that 200 mils of milk that you add right at the end that just, you know, adds so much to the carbon footprint. And actually, there's most of the alternative milks actually do have a lower carbon footprint, but the one that's really the lowest is oat milk. So Globally, oat milk on average has a carbon footprint of around about a kilogram per litre, which is compared to, say, European dairy milk on average has a carbon footprint of around about 1.6 kilograms per litre. So I guess the leader of the pack at the moment is Oatly, which has around about something like 0.44 kilograms of CO2e per litre. So what milk you choose has an incredible ability to reduce the carbon footprint of a cup of coffee. So you can take, say, for example, a standard flat white at 250 grams, and you can get that down to well under 50 grams if you, you know, use an espresso machine that's particularly energy efficient and choose some particular oat milks in that cup of coffee. So these are changes that consumers can make, but also industry's got to be able to do its part and reduce its energy consumption as well.
4: Now, the idea of um, takeaway versus drinking... What, what was the impact of paper cups, for example?
0: We tend to note things that are very visual. So I think many people in the coffee industry have really you know, focused on cups in part because you know they're often widely listed and, and we really are aware of how many we go through. But actually, overall, the carbon impact of a takeout cup is actually not particularly high. And so the way that the maths works is that if you, someone has a takeout cup, that may be including the lid on average, has a carbon footprint of around about 11 grams. And, you know, it generally uses about, there's around about eight or nine grams of carbon emitted to wash a cup in the dishwasher. So actually you're getting a saving, if someone drinks in, in a porcelain ceramic cup, of around about two or three grams. So you're not getting a whole lot of, you know, in the context of 250 grams, that's not very much at all. In the context of, say, 50 grams, if you make some of those other changes, it's it's far more significant.
4: Okay. So to summarize, if you were giving advice to a cafe how to make their cafe more sustainable, what are the, the steps you would embark upon?
0: So there's a bunch of different things. And actually, if people did want to go to the you Nodebristers know website, if you go to com forward slash CO2, there's actually some resources there. And we divvy them up into a bunch of different sort of types of different change that people need to make. So I guess one of the interesting ones is, to my mind, is what baristas can do to be able to reduce the the amount of energy used by an espresso machine. So one of the things that, you know, I think it's really useful to point out is that a lot of the water that espresso machine uses actually gets wasted because it's used the tea spout, the water's pulled off the tea spout and then it's, you know, discarded down the drain or it's used for polishing cutlery or for the windows. So we need to use espresso machines just for making espresso and we need to use other appliances within a coffee shop for whatever else that might be. The other thing is that when you purge, you know we've taught a generation of baristas to purge really thoroughly between shots, and that's really good. But we also need to minimise that purge to as little as possible so we waste as little water as possible. So I think if we could cut down the amount of excess hot water off an espresso machine, it seems like little changes, but at the moment we're literally tipping hot water down the sink. It's just a real waste and we need to try and find ways to cut it out. There's some also some behavioural technological changes that we need to make. So there are some espresso machines that are coming through to market now. So I think probably the first really good example of that is Victoria Arino's Eagle One espresso machine. It's got some different technologies in it, which basically make the boilers smaller and then it flash heats the water to temperature at the last minute. And then also it recaptures some of that heat from the waste water. So... These types of things need to become the norm. So I think it's really useful that when coffee shops are upgrading their espresso machine, they can actually take a look at what the options are in market and they can choose an espresso machine that's incredibly energy efficient because it's going to actually save them money in terms of their power bill, but it's also going to lower the carbon footprint of their coffee. And then there's some other bigger changes, like a number of shops have air conditioning. We need to think really carefully about how we use air conditioning to use it as little as possible and also get into the habit of some really like good practices, like just making sure that we're using the dishwasher when the loads are full, so that we're not wasting excess hot water and detergent on washing of just a few items of crockery. And all of these actions in the whole, combined with milk selection, can actually really bring down a coffee shop's total carbon footprint You know, really quite significantly. Amazing, thanks for joining us here today,
4: Tim. It's
0: been a pleasure. It's been great to talk as always, Jeff.
4: Tim offers us a framework for understanding the carbon footprint of a cup of coffee and what that means for cafe owners. Tim gave us some valuable actionable insights to reduce carbon at the cafe level, such as promoting the use of non-dairy milks, being mindful not to over-purge in between espresso shots, and identifying and using equipment with lower energy usage. And as Tim suggests in our interview, we should action these points sooner rather than later because these tips will save your business money in the long term. Up next, we're talking to a variety of cafe operators to help further contextualize the framework laid out by Tim. Up first is Zaid Naqib, CEO of Bar 9 and his latest outlet 10, a set of ecologically progressive cafes in greater Los Angeles. Zaid opened the doors of Bar 9 in 2014 and has been consistently shortlisted for the Sustainable Café Sprudgy Award.
1: Welcome Zaid. Thank you so much, Jeffrey. Very happy to be here today. Zaid, can you tell
4: me a little bit about your efforts to identify where carbon is created in your business and how you're trying to reduce it?
1: Well, I think all of us in the industry are aware that there's a lot of waste that happens all throughout our operations and there's a certain inevitability to that that is part of the process when you're pursuing quality but it ends up having a really large impact so on simple things milk waste is huge milk accounts for a, a huge percentage of the carbon footprint from coffee shops and if we're wasting you know 10 to 20% of the milk every drink that we're serving that has an impact so there's a lot of wonderful ways of Mitigating that from milk or beverage dispensers to automated milk taps and all of those types of pieces of technology have been great. Or just measuring it yourself and using a scale works beautifully, which we started doing five or six years ago at bar nine. And at 10, we use a dispenser. Water waste is a huge problem in the coffee industry, as far as I can tell, especially with espresso in particular, where you're purging a machine all throughout the day, you're cleaning it at nighttime, and then uh, most importantly, and related to that, is the amount of coffee waste that happens, right? Just to get a beautiful extraction, you're going to be dialing in maybe four or five shots in the morning. You're going to be redialing throughout the day, purging the grinder every time you're making a grind adjustment. So any opportunity to reduce variability there, I think, is really positive. And it's, that's kind of an unspoken truth because we all love espresso, but in the way most of us learn how to do it, there's just a huge percentage of waste that's built in. And then for us, we also at the roasting facility, that is the, all the electricity there is solar power, which is, is huge. You know, I've got a lot of friends who have used things like the Bellwether roaster and other roasters that are much more energy efficient or Lorings and things like that, that recirculate the energy and reduce the carbon impact as a result. So there are a myriad of opportunities. And I'm sure most of us, including myself, are probably missing some of those opportunities because we're so in the weeds of our businesses and whatever we're doing day to day.
4: So is that solar powered electricity, is is that buying from electricity providers that are using solar power or, or you actually got your own solar panels? We have panels. Wow. And, and, and are you able to provide all of the power you require?
1: I mean, everything except for gas. We do have a probat. So we use gas for the probat and obviously for the water heater, which is a simple side example, like in LA County Health Department, uh, you have to use these kind of really old-fashioned water heaters, which are not very energy efficient. You actually can't use the more energy efficient kind, like the tankless ones, legally. It just, that's how it's written. So... You have to battle some of those types of things as well. The the laws that currently exist or, you know, that you have to have a certain amount of disposables in terms of paper towels, etc. Some of those things have changed over time. But yeah, apart from the gas required for the roaster and for our water heater, everything else at bar nine is powered by solar.
4: Fantastic. I mean, obviously, uh, you've got the sunshine over there in California. (laughs) <laughs> We'd love to have plenty that. Plenty of it. <laughs> that sunshine. <laughs> Thanks so much,
1: Zaid, for joining us here today on Fifth Wave. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Jeffrey.
4: Zaid gave us some excellent pointers as to how he reduces the milk waste in his cafes, including weighing it out and or using a milk dispenser. Now we're going to have a quick word with Lizzie Gurr, Chief Operating Officer for Hasbeen and Ozone, UK and New Zealand. Ozone has two cafes in London and another two in New Zealand, and is in the accreditation stage to become a certified B Corp company. Welcome Lizzie. Thank you. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about Ozone's approach to sustainability.
2: Well, I think both Ozone and Hasbeen have been purpose-led businesses since that became a marketing phrase. <laughs> so we are founded, like I said, on really grassroots kind of foundations uh, by founders who genuinely wanted to make a difference at origin that would mean positive impact for the for people living in those countries and for the whole supply chain. Sustainability and climate change is a pretty high priority within our organisation, if not the number one priority, I would say. I think with the backdrop of everything that's happening in the world, climate change has never been more of a concern and more visible to consumers, which is, is great news because it means consumers are, are ready to see the action that businesses are, have been taking behind the scenes for years. And it also makes us increasingly more accountable to continue to take action.
4: Take, for example, the cafe setting. What, what can businesses do to reduce their impact?
2: The number one priority is raising awareness for consumers because we've got to work together with consumers on this, if that makes sense. So anything that you can do to message to consumers that this is a priority for you and your organisation is really healthy because it's sort of bringing them on on the journey. I think looking at your particular operation and what the big carbon creators are is the good starting point. For us, we run big kitchens with big restaurant menus and we cook on gas stoves and I guess that's the elephant in our room at the moment is we cook on gas stoves and we roast on gas roasters. And yes, we use green energy across all of our organisation, but it's not enough. We're not reducing carbon. Ultimately, that's our focus is figuring out a way that we cannot be cooking on gas stoves anymore and we cannot be roasting on gas roasters anymore. We've invested R&D specifically into this space and it's a priority for us over the next 12 months. But that's very specific to our operation. Lots of cafes don't have a requirement for gas at all and they'll have other areas which are far more impactful like takeaway cups, for example. Takeaway cups aren't a huge part of our cafe operations because they are so heavily set in. But those things are still super important. Just reduction of all single-use products, Obviously, it's essential using green energy, a bare minimum in my mind. And then again, I guess for us particularly, again, because of the size of our kitchens, menu creation is a really central point to our carbon footprint. We made the move four years ago. We actively sat down and said, "Okay, let's reduce meat on our menus. And we overnight (laughs) culled meat off our menu so that 70% of our menu was plant-based. Previously, it had been more like 70% was meat based. And it was a shock for customers, for some, but a welcome one, if that makes sense. Yeah. And because, you know, this is four years ago. Today, it's not as shocking. So, yeah, reducing meat is one example. We have a commitment to whole cycle cooking, which is another one. So, we have very minimal food waste. We believe we've got it down to under 5% of the food that we bring in is wasted which is pretty low, low. and it's things like eggshells you know banana skins not that we have bananas in the kitchen very often but it, you know it's things that we literally can't find a way to reuse so Yeah, I mean, we've had some really pioneering chefs in our organisation who have really pushed the limits of what, you know, a small cafe can achieve with food reduction. And it's really hard work. It's very labour intensive. And we have to be really on it across all areas of our business to make it commercially viable. But it's possible.
4: Wow, that's been really fantastic. Thanks, Lizzie, for joining us here today on Fifth Wave.
2: Thank you. Thanks very much.
4: So to recap quickly, Liz and her team are tackling the climate footprint in a number of ways, including reducing meat from their menus and committing to whole cycle cooking. And to close off this episode, we're going to hear from Pamela Chung, founder of Better Group, a Singaporean coffee business that uses its revenue to support marginalized women and youth at risk. Better Group is Singapore's first ever certified B Corp company. It runs SCA accredited courses, a wholesale roasting business, and eight coffee bars in offices with clients including Facebook and the Singaporean government. Welcome Pamela.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jeffrey.
4: Today's topic is environmental sustainability in coffee businesses, and yep. we're particularly looking at carbon reduction in cafes yep. and roasteries. How big a an issue is that for you?
3: I mean, from day one, it's been on our agenda to you know, ensure that we try and do our part to make sure environmentally, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can. And I think over the years, we, I mean, for our business, it's just kind of taking the daily steps to do what we can, right? Obviously, you know, I want to be able to transition the business to carbon positive and be able to to do a lot of environmental initiatives that would be positive, but a lot of those things come at a huge cost, right? So I think as a social business, that balance between financial sustainability, social sustainability, environmental sustainability is, is a very challenging road to walk on. So for us, it's really been about focusing on making one change every day, every month, every year right, so that we're working towards that ideal state of being as environmentally sustainable as possible.
4: I wonder if you could tell us about your clean energy and solar initiatives.
3: Mm. Right now, our academy and our roastery are operating on about 40% solar energy. So for this one, our target is by 2023, 2024, we want to be 100%. And that one, we basically, you know, just buy energy off the solar power companies, right? And to ensure that at least we're doing that, because again, there are kind of infrastructure limitations. I'd love to be able to operate the roastery with our own solar panels, right? But it's just not possible. (laughs) Not possible. It does cost more, but you know, it's a conscious decision, right? Because what is the consequence of not doing these things for the future of our planet?
4: Thanks so much for joining us here today on Fifth Wave, Pamela.
3: Thank you.
4: Thanks, Jeffrey. I like how Pamela was totally upfront about how carbon reduction and sustainability initiatives can be very costly. Balancing business needs with the need to reduce a carbon footprint is a real challenge for cafes. And for many owners, trying to navigate the day-to-day stresses of running a business, developing and executing a carbon reduction plan can feel overwhelming but I believe the work is absolutely worth it. Not only is it an imperative for our industry to rapidly change for the benefit of our planet, but today's consumers are increasingly aware of their own carbon footprints and they seek out coffee shops that align with their values. Targeting carbon reduction presents a cafe with an exciting opportunity to create a key point of difference and increase revenues. And ultimately, many carbon reducing measures will also save you money in the long term. Put simply, lowering carbon footprint makes good business. And that's all for this week's 5th Wave podcast. Please subscribe to the 5th Wave wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd really appreciate a good rating if you enjoyed this show. Please subscribe to us on Instagram, Wave Coffee. That's the number 5 followed by TH Wave Coffee. And tell us what topics are important to you so we can make the show more relevant to you and to your business. This episode was recorded in the one and only Serendipity Studios in glorious Camden, North London. It was produced by myself, Geoffrey Young, the World Coffee Portal team, James Harper of Filter Productions, and sound engineering by Chris Bristow. This week, in association with the Coffee Music Project, we leave you with a really fun song, California Sky by Chanel Yates. Have a great week, and until next time, stay safe and stay caffeinated.
5: your eyes and start believing that you're living in a good life all you gotta do is open up your eyes 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 see the california sky get high on the feeling from all of its healing let the california sky.